Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford Issues, powered by Middle Tennessee Electric. Rutherford County's 22nd annual Earth Day celebration is coming up April 22nd, 10 a.m. to 2 on the Murfreesboro Square. MTE will be providing free hot dogs and popcorn. The electric griddle food truck will be there serving up gourmet grilled cheese. So don't miss this. Free fun for the whole family April 22nd on the Square. Our friends from Legal Aid Society are here today. Linda Blackwelder is a family law attorney and Ashley Ortega, victim's advocate and paralegal, joining us today. And uh, our topic of conversation will be uh, Sexual Assault Awareness Month here in April. But first of all, uh, Linda, good to have you. Good morning. It's nice to be here. Same uh, here. And uh, Ashley, glad you can join us. Well, thank you for having us. Well, uh, you know, we have had... um, I think, Linda, you mentioned that you had been on a time or two, but I think this is Ashley's first time. Would that be right? Yes. Okay. Nervous or anything? A little bit, yeah. Little, yeah. I, I can talk, I'm good at talking, but like not in certain situations like this. Uh, it's, just, it's just the three of us here having a conversation, so it'll be fun. Uh, maybe, uh, Linda, start us off by uh, t- talking about Sexual Assault Awareness Month and maybe how the Legal Aid Society is is part of that and, and what you do to help bring awareness. All righty, yeah, so I'm the family law attorney here at the Legal Aid Society office. Uh, I practice strictly in family law. My clientele is limited to persons who are victims of domestic violence and also sexual assault. Uh, that includes a lot of orders of protection that helps abusers get free, uh, I mean, their victims get free of their abusers and I also help uh, do divorces. And we work closely with other agencies in the area and across the state um, to get the word out about our services and about the services that other agencies have. And April is the Sexual Assault Awareness Month here. And um, Ashley can tell you a lot more about that. Ashley is my uh, paralegal and victims advocate. Mm -hmm. She helps our clients with things besides legal issues. You know, she helps them with uh, identify resources in the community that can help them with some other problems they may, may be having, and also occasionally accompanies them to court. We don't practice criminal law at all at, at Legal Aid, but often our clients have um, criminal cases that are running alongside with their civil case. Uh, you know, for example, if their husband or their abuser has been arrested and charged with domestic assault, so Ashley helps them uh, kind of deal with some of the issues around that. Mm-hmm. And so I like to let Ashley kind of tell us a little bit more about Sexual Assault Awareness Month and what she does. Yeah. All right, very good. Yeah, so basically Sexual Assault Awareness Month calls attention to the fact that sexual violence is widespread and impacts every person, any person in the community. Um, two things this month, on April 4th, it was Wear Teal Day, so basically you're just letting the victims know that you're there to support them, that you believe them, um, that they are not alone and you're there you know, just to support them. Um, and then April 29th will be Denim Day. So this began 20 years ago um, after the Italian Supreme Court overturned a rape conviction um, because justice felt the justices felt that the victim was wearing tight jeans and so she must have helped him remove the jeans from her. Um, so basically us wearing jeans just lets them know that it doesn't matter what you're wearing, you can still be a victim of sexual assault. Um, and didn't that occur like uh, in some other country or yeah, something? Yeah, that was like? in Italy. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. So, yeah. So it's been a long time. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the reason why we wear denim on that day. Um, and like I said, I'm a victim advocate, so I help with victims with anything that they may need. 
Um, sometimes it might be just being their support system, someone t- uh, because I might be the only person that they have to listen to. Sometimes it means, you know, going to court with them, supporting them. Um, Sundays I'm out, you know, giving them resources on, you know, helping them with food stamps to get food, anything that they may need, help them, you know, maybe find housing, um, anything, whatever may be that um, to help them attain safety and independence from their abuser. You know, I uh, had had, I guess it's been a couple of weeks now, we had um, domestic violence, sexual assault services on, and, and we were talking about uh, April uh, Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and I'm sure that's one of the many agencies that you really kind of work together is some of those resources that you, you use that we have here in our community. Yes, yeah, sometimes I, you know, you know, partner with the Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault Center here in Murfreesboro. Sometimes I send them to Greenhouse Ministry. Sometimes I go, you know, Office Family Safety, um, and talk to the people at the YMWCA or even in Cannon County, they have a safe shelter. So, you know, we all kind of work together because at the end of the day, we're here to help the same um, group of people. Sure. Uh, do, do you see people within uh, the office, and Linda, you could chime in here a, a, as well, that don't know really where that first step is and, and um, you know, you find out that there's some abuse going on, but they don't know what to do to get out it's like a vicious cycle yeah i mean sometimes they don't realize that they are a victim themselves you know because they've been manipulated so much um but yeah definitely like sometimes they call it just for you know just to ask questions about like the legal system and what steps they can take you know and i let them know you know um all their you know all the i guess the rights that they have um, so whether that be like, you know, letting them know about an order of protection or letting them know that, you know, there's shelters and places to go, um, resources, sometimes it's hard for them to leave because, you know, they have children, they're not financially stable, they don't have a car, they don't have a job. So sometimes I might take that step to help them get those things first before we help them with anything else. We have uh, joining us today from Legal Aid Society, Linda Blackwelder, family law attorney, and Ashley Ortega, victim's uh, advocate and paralegal and uh, Linda I think when uh, and, and I said this when Amy was on a few weeks back too when you hear the term legal aid society you think that that's just uh, you know um, um, a, a group of lawyers getting together or something like that but that's far mm-hmm. from it and there are many things that the legal aid society does and this is just one of those that's correct and we are a private law firm but uh, we are funded through grants some government grants but also private donations and we do serve mostly low-income persons in the community we have attorneys that practice in consumer law uh, tax law housing law um, education health and benefits I'm probably leaving some things out Um, my focus on family law is funded through the Victims of Crime Act and so my practice area is limited to victims of crime in this case domestic abuse and I should clarify, I said domestic violence earlier, but domestic abuse encompasses a lot more than just domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And, and Ashley, I think, had, had prepared some notes on talking about the power and control. Mm-hmm. And so that's, again, she mentioned sometimes people don't really recognize that they're a victim of abuse. Maybe their, their spouse or a, a partner has never physically assaulted them, but they have controlled every aspect of their lives Mm -hmm. you know they cut them off from their family and friends they control the finances um, and can 
create a situation where the person does feel powerless and so you're right it is difficult sometimes for those people to even understand that number one they are a victim of abuse and number two what resources are available to help them and so this is a great opportunity for us sure. to kind of put the word out uh, that we're out there and I think I also wanted to mention as far as my work goes I mentioned most of our uh, clients are low-income persons but if you're a victim of crime and you're a victim of domestic abuse, those issues, we're not limited by income in those cases necessarily because sometimes someone may be in a household whose income exceeds our normal uh, income limits, but they don't have access to those funds. And right. so we have uh, the availability to help, uh, uh, at least in those types of cases, um, persons that might not qualify for some of our other services. We have uh, joining us Linda Blackwelder with Legal Aid Society, uh, law, family law attorney, and Ashley Ortega, victims advocate and paralegal. And um, I, I guess it's important to kind of go back and actually um, understand the difference between uh, domestic violence and domestic abuse. And uh, that's kind of where you all kind of you can help explain that a little better. I yeah. Think, so domestic abuse is a wide you know range of things so it can be anywhere from just you know verbal abuse you know you know being putting you down financial abuse um you know uh not providing them with any money making them ask them for money acting like they don't have any money when essentially they do have you know you know not putting them on the accounts not putting them on the house um you know emotional abuse um like i said you know obviously physical sexual abuse because it's a variety of things you know they sometimes they often gaslight them um and yeah i mean it's it's a huge variety of things and like i said um i just want to say everything is confidential so they anybody can reach out to us and let us know if they just want to talk and explain their situation and i you know will define what level of abuse that is and just you know safety plan with them and all of that power and control that was a couple of words that i wrote down when linda was talking about that you know and, and that could be many things as you just uh, kind of mm -hmm. detailed um, as a definition for domestic abuse yeah so power and control um basically they use intimidation emotional abuse they isolate you um control you control where you go often can make you lose your job they minimize or um or deny what they did and try to gaslight you and say you know it was because you did this and because you did that um, they often use children as abuse and you know sometimes if they're already separated they won't let them see their kids and they won't let them talk to them or you know try to control about when what time they pick them up and this and that um, they use you know they're sometimes if the men are the abusers um, they use their male privilege you know to assert domination and you know their roles and what they're supposed to do economic abuse coerce them or threaten them many times you know if you leave i'm going to do this um if you leave i'm going to commit suicide if you leave i'll hurt you i'll find you wherever you go you know i'll um if I, you try to take me to court to divorce me i'm going to quit my job you're not going to get anything you know things like that mm -hmm. so it's a range of things as well yeah it, it really sounds like it is and with this being sexual assault awareness month linda you and ashley can maybe talk a bit more about this as well but i think there's a misconception that sexual assault is 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 just rape but it it, it also falls into a category where it can be a lot of things too yeah yes that's true and i i want to point out one thing i'm grateful for because it hasn't been terribly long and I couldn't tell you how many years where there was no such thing as sexual assault as a crime in a marriage that oh. you know there was no such thing as marital rape that 
that uh, thankfully is no longer true but i do believe that some people still feel that way about it so it's obvious that you can be a victim of sexual assault even if your assaulter is your spouse um and as far as the um impact of that i know i wanted to emphasize something else ashley said too and she she mentioned that children are often uh involved in these situations and uh, they often do i've seen this many times in my practice where one reason someone will stay uh, in an abusive relationship is because their spouse has convinced them that if they leave they're not going to be able to take their children with them or ever see their children again and so that's definitely part of the power and control mm -hmm cycle that we see often and another thing I think about often when I speak to people about what I do the question I get most often is well why would somebody stay in a relationship like that and I always ask them if, to reframe that a little bit and think more about not what the victim's doing but think why is that abuser doing what the abuse why is the abuser being abusive so don't blame the victim put the blame where it belongs on the abuser there are many reasons why people stay in these relationships, and really the primary one I see most often is because of the children. Yeah. And it takes many times uh, sometimes, Ashley, uh, for someone to maybe they ask questions and but it, it could so, take a number of times before they actually go through with a successful um by successfully leaving the abuser yeah I guess. on average it takes a victim seven times to leave before staying away for good and oftentimes that's the most dangerous time for the victim because they will often act you know in dangerous ways to regain control of the victim because them leaving is them losing the control so you know stalking is also one thing that you know doesn't get talked about as much stalking is one of the biggest things you know i've seen the, um, the abusers you know clone their phones and um, put tags on their cars to locate them and show up to everywhere that they're at they're following them they're contacting families and friends to get a hold of them. They're showing up at their jobs. You know, everything that they can do to intimidate them and to try to get them to come back. So like I said, leaving is probably one of the most dangerous times for them. And oftentimes why I always try to get them to do, get orders of protection before, you know, anything. Because I just want to make for sure that, first of all, they're safe. And that's why I do safety planning with them. And that entails, like, a variety of different things also depending on their situation. Um, you know, if they live in a, maybe apartments, let the apartment manager know, let the neighbors know um, how to, you know, leave quickly. Make make sure you have your keys, phone, wallet um, somewhere where it's easy for you to access them. Park in reverse sometimes so that way you can leave quickly. Um, have an emergency to go back, you know, make sure your important documents and things like that um are somewhere that he, the person the abuser cannot reach them you mentioned tags and it made me think of like the apple air tag and and you can i have one on my dog's collar you know so you mm -hmm. can know where the where, where they are but technology is you know back in the day that was like putting gps on a car and you could track someone and it was kind of a, a, a tough thing to get your hands on but now it's so easy yeah and, I mean, and you do, don't know people have air tags i've seen yeah. someone put um, a tracker inside of like a little black box and put it under like um, the car. One of my victims, she didn't know until she went to get her tires checked that the, that's how her husband was tracking her and following her around. So yeah, it's very, um, actually we have a, a stalking clinic coming up here on March 16th in Nashville. And March 16th or? Yeah, I mean no, May. May 16th, May, I apologize. Okay. <laughs> May 16th, I believe it's from 4.30 to 7.30. I, I think so, yes. I'll have to check on the time for that, but um, we're gonna have, 
um, Metro police actually there checking people's cars for, you know, any types of trackers or anything like that. And, you know, we have attorneys that are going to be there to provide information that they need about stalking because stalking is not talked about and for many years it wasn't seen as a crime or it's just sometimes it's very hard to prove that and so um you know that's why we're having that clinic and so we'd like to get the word out and have more people come because people don't realize you know what they what um the word people don't realize the resources and what they have yeah. out there to help them well um, i'll be sure to get with you and uh, we'll promote that information about that clinic coming up in may and uh, it's been really good to have you here today thanks so much for stopping Thank you. in thanks for having us our guest from legal aid society today linda blackwelder and ashley ortega and don't forget if you missed part of the program you can check the podcast it's at wgnsradio.com